I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 47 of the podcast. Happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please go hit that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action coming your way here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, the moment has finally arrived. I am very proud to present you the Dean Kane interview just in a moment after a quick spot here. I would like to take this moment to reiterate my message here at First Class Fatherhood. I am a 37-year-old father of four children, and I am out here just celebrating fatherhood, trying to deliver a message, a positive message about fatherhood to a lot of the young dads out there, the future dads out there, just that fatherhood is an awesome opportunity for you guys to embrace and allow it to make a major impact on your life. So please listen up to this very important interview with first class father Dean Kane coming up right after this quick spot. I'm Alec Lace and you are listening to First Class Fatherhood. I cannot say thank you enough to all the listeners out there. You will hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to help me make First Class Fatherhood ad-free, please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by hitting the link in the description of today's podcast episode. Welcome back to First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now is a first class father who also happens to be a well-known celebrity. He has starred in such roles as Superman in the 1990s hit series Lois and Clark. He was the outstanding host of Ripley's Believe It or Not. And he has got a multitude of other acting credits to his name. You guys know exactly who I'm talking about. Dean Kane. welcome to First Class Fatherhood. <laughs> Thank you very much. If I were to call myself anything, it would be a first class father. All right. I love to hear that. Let me kick things off with this. The picture that's pinned to your Twitter page is in a very powerful place in the kingdom of Jordan. Walk me through that. What was it like to experience such a historical place with your son by your side? Yeah. So my son goes to a, a Christian high school. He's a Christian. I'm a Christian. And um, I'm also a big history buff. So I love history. It just turns out that uh, uh, I was fortunate enough to be able to travel with my son over to Jordan. Uh, and, and if you're studying the Bible, you you hear about uh, St. John the Baptist um, baptizing Jesus in Bethany beyond the Jordan, which which they worked it out and figured out exactly where it was not that long ago. They found the, the exact spot and they they dug it up and it's a great place. It's the uh, it's the baptism site for Jesus Christ in, in Jordan. And it's unbelievable to see and feel that history and to be able to be there with my son and experience that. They, they say that the, the air is thinner in certain places between, say, earth and heaven as you perceive it. And I, I, I tell you what, it really felt to me like that was that was the case, being in that spot. So to be there with my son was one of the greatest, most moving uh, and wonderful moments I've ever had with him. All right, now I got the story to go along with the picture there. Very nice. <laughs> all right, I want to turn my attention now to a hot-button issue, usually all over Twitter, is surrounding gun control, gun safety. I was fortunate enough to have a Navy SEAL on the podcast here to talk about this a little bit. I noticed that you post some pictures up there of shooting guns with your son, so I'm curious to get your opinion on this. When do you think is the appropriate time to introduce guns and gun safety to your children? Well, I think, you know, talking about them early on is important. And I don't know that there's a specific age that I would go for. Maybe it's a, a level of maturity for the children. Um, but um, my son, 
we have been um we have been so I, I grew up in a in a household where my grand my well my grandfather was a uh commander in the navy my uncle was lieutenant colonel in the air force uh there was a lot of military a lot of hunters in our family so i grew up with the idea of gun safety um early i never really was exposed to firearms that much until i was maybe um in junior high school um and the first thing that it was always taught to me from the very beginning was safety 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 and i learned that very early on and then um after college really is when I got into a lot more shooting than I do now. So for my son, what I thought was important because I have firearms here at the house and I'm, uh, and I'm very clear on, on how to use them and how to work with them. Even the, even airsoft guns, things of that nature, we treat every firearm, even the airsoft guns as though they are a deadly weapon. If, or, you know, but I don't look at them so much as weapons as I look at them as tools too. They're a tool to do a job and that job is to protect you or to take down a target or whatever it happens to be. So we, we were, for my son, we started, I don't know, he was probably, he was probably around uh, nine or 10 years old the first time he fired a shotgun. Um, and he didn't like it. And this is a kid who plays a lot of video games. So when they talk about how video games and things like that lead to violence, this is a kid who played some, um, some violent video games. But the moment he shot a real weapon, um, it was a whole different world. Uh, I suggest people talking about firearms and firearm safety um, from a very early age. The same as you do when you have a knife or a hammer or a piece of glass or something sharp. Um, I think it's something important, especially here in the United States with our Second Amendment rights, that people be aware of them and, and they're not this crazy, awful thing. You may or may not like a firearm and you don't have you don't by any means have to have one or use one, but they are um, a, I think a very, it's, I think it's very important for people to learn firearm safety and learn it young. Your son might not necessarily need the weaponry. It looks like he's doing pretty good on the mats over there with Brazilian <laughs> Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, when did you get him involved in that, or is that something that he jumped into? You know, it's a funny thing. Is I wrestled a lot in high school. I played, I played a lot of sports. I played football, baseball, basketball. I played every sport under the sun. I loved athletics. I loved team sports. And then I wrestled in high school, and I wrestled at some into college too, um, but just intramurally in college with guys who were great high school wrestlers and. I really always enjoyed wrestling and I was always very good at it. It was something that I was very talented at. Um, my son and I would wrestle at home all the time. And uh, I realized, you know what? This kid is <laughs> its a very good wrestler. He understands body and body position and, and, and torque and everything. So I, I, he didn't seem to love uh, team sports. He didn't love football or basketball. He didn't, he just didn't like them. So um, I encouraged him to, to try out uh, jujitsu. And he got in there and started taking to it right away. He was probably, oh gosh, I don't know what it was eighth grade, maybe seventh seventh grade in seventh grade or eighth grade. I think he did that, and he has taken to it. You know, he stands about six three and he's about one hundred and sixty pounds, so okay. he's a big. He's a beanpole, so he stands in there and he looks like a giant of a man. On you know, and he's very tall with his gi, but he he only weighs one hundred and sixty pounds. And he loves the fun. He loves to. He loves the competition of it. It's a, It's a, it's wonderful. So I love it for him because it teaches him. Well, he, it, it's he's got an extreme level of self confidence because he's able to protect himself. But he's not a bully. And he, and and part of that, when you learn martial arts like that, you understand the humility that you have to carry with with knowing that art. And he really takes that to task. And um, I. I've seen him grow as a young man, as a and as a human being, uh, because of his participation. And also, there was also a really pretty girl. I think that he wanted to to, to chase over at the jujitsu gym, so that helped him with his motivation as well.
All right, but yeah, a little motivation, a little inspiration, whatever it takes. Yeah. I, I train Brazilian jiu-jitsu myself, and, and I do plan on introducing it to my three boys at some point. Uh, my oldest just turned 12, so... Great time to do it. Yeah, you, you're right, you're right. Okay, many of my listeners are single dads who are actively asking me to bring more awareness to some of their struggles in the journey. Uh, what could you share with them about your journey as a single dad? Woo, we have an hour for this, or 45 minutes, because I could talk for days on this subject. Uh, I'm a single father. Um, my my son's mother and I weren't uh, we weren't married when we when we conceived, uh, and I just wanted to be a present father, and I wanted to be a, um, a, a, a a strong, really a strong present father. Uh, and we weren't meant to be a couple, and but she didn't see it that way, and so we had to go to court and fight about it. Unfortunately. Um, when he was, I, I, I was adopted. So my, my biological father, he split before I was even born. Um, I was adopted by my father when I was four, four years old. And he has been such an unbelievably positive and wonderful um, mentor and role model and father to me. It's incredible. And I realized where I could have gone without that sort of uh, parenting. And he's a very different father than I am. But, um, but I, unbelievable. I, so much so that I named my son after my father they share the same name wow so um we had to fight for custody um unfortunately and uh, i don't think it was set up to be particularly even uh even-handed i had um a, a certain amount of money i mean it cost me it took about 14 months and over a million dollars in legal fees for me to win joint custody of my son and i but i did and uh, I have proven to be a, an exceptional father, I think, and so, so much so that my son's mother, I've had full custody of my son since he's about nine. But my son's mother, you know, she, she'd probably be the first person to tell you that I'm the, the best father that she's ever seen. I am completely committed to my son and being a father. I love being a parent. I love being he's my favorite person to hang around with and uh, travel with and do things with. Um, he's my friend, but he's also my son. You know, there's no. There's, it's very clear that I'm the father and he's the son. And um, it's just been an unbelievable journey. We're super, super close as a result. And how about his relationship with his mother? How's that? Uh, his mother and he are still on very good terms. I mean, they live. she only lives 15 minutes away, 20 minutes away, and they see each other all the time. She's welcome in to be part of his family. He has a little brother and sister, half-brother and sister that aren't mine, although they, they, <laughs> um, they treat me as though I am their father sometimes they're very sweet and i love having them around and with us and they're certainly part of the family um but uh being a single father is you know it's it's difficult the hardest part for me was was balancing work and life and and i you hear a lot about that with, with single mothers much more often than you hear about single fathers well i've been doing this as a single father for 18 years working doing all the work and and raising the child i mean i cook breakfast lunch and dinner you know, I, and I have, and I pick them up from school and drop them off. Now I had to have help for a few years because sometimes I'd have to go away and it'd be difficult, but uh, it's, there's been nothing like it. I, I really changed my work in that I wouldn't take any series. Um, I wouldn't take the lead in any series in Los Angeles or anywhere because you're gone 18 hours a day and I would have been an absentee father and I refused to do that. Uh, and I wouldn't take any series that shot outside of Los Angeles uh, I also wouldn't take any series, any any film or, t or or movie, television movie or anything like that that shot longer than three weeks. Again, because those were the limits I, you know, put on myself uh, for distance with my son. I wanted things to be completely normal and ha and be around him all the time. I coached his football, baseball, basketball teams. I was at 
I was at everything. I can't coach him in jujitsu, but I show up at every event I can be in. I, I love being a, a father and, and being present in his life. So I was willing to make all of those sacrifices to, to be his father. And I know how important it is when I see him look at me or when he tells me how much he appreciates what I do. And, you know, he says, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. I tell the kid I love him, you know, 65 times a day. Um, and he says it back. And it's pretty sweet for a big old six foot three, 18 year old boy to say that to his dad. Yeah, be- beautiful. Well said. I'm with you 100% of the way on your view of your family. I, I look at my kids the same way. I, I truly see them as uh, individuals that I'm going to want to be around when they grow up. I-, I-, I see the future as very bright for them. And I'm constantly, uh, whenever I'm asked, I'm always saying, yeah, I-, I-, I see the future as very bright for my children. My friend, that's good parenting. Yeah, th- thanks a lot for that. Uh- All right, it is now time for a word from today's sponsors. And I'll be right back with more of the action on First Class Fatherhood. Listen, what advice would you give new fathers out there? <laughs> I, would, I would say um, try and be patient and forgiving. And forgiving not just for uh, you know, the child, but be forgiving to yourself because you're going to make mistakes as a parent. We all make mistakes, and you're going to do things wrong and feed them something wrong or do something a little bit off, and that just happens. That's part of it. Be forgiving on yourself. Be kind, be patient, and forgiving. Um, it's a marathon. It is not a sprint. <laughs> so, yeah, very, very, so, well said. Yeah, try and have your patience. Um, because you're, you're, and your life is going to be different and hopefully better as a result. Mine certainly has been. All right, now you mentioned in there that you wouldn't take any parts or roles that would take you away from parenting. But looking back, are there any particular roles that you really wish you didn't have to pass up on? Oh, there's a whole bunch of them. I hate to say it because other people played the roles, but, you know, I, I had to turn down Band of Brothers. I had to turn down um, a, a series that was shot in Canada, which would have made me one of the highest paid actors in television. And it ran for many, many years. Um, we were there, done, but at the last second, it got killed because um, I would have to fight a, a move away case and my attorney with my son and my attorney didn't think that I could win that. He just said, I can't guarantee you're going to win this. So I said, so you're telling me I basically have a choice, which is to make all this money and have this great series um, or I'll be a father. And he says, unfortunately, that's the choice you have. Wow. So I chose I'll be a father. No problem. Done. Wow. Yeah. It took me about a millisecond to make that decision. Yeah. That's a slam dunk right there. Yeah. But I, there are a lot of people who don't make that decision and it's unfortunate. Yeah, that, that's part of the reason why I'm on here too, Dean, because I'll tell you what, I drive Uber part-time and I listen to so many of these young dads, young fathers talking about fatherhood in such a negative light. And I always try to turn them around and say, hey guys, you know, fatherhood isn't all that bad. They, they always just have this negative undertone to them about it. Yeah, I don't think it's a negative thing at all. It is the greatest thing that I've ever done. If you look at my Twitter bio, the first thing I say is father. The first way I identify myself is as a father. Fatherhood first. I share your philosophy on that, no doubt. Okay, tell me about some of your upcoming plans with the family. I'm sure you got a few. Oh, my gosh. Well, my, gra- my son graduates from uh, high school here at in, uh, in, in the end of May. And uh, for the first time, I am free to sort of do anything I want to in 18 years as far as work and travel goes. We're going to do a lot of traveling. I know that already. Uh, but he's going to take a gap year. He's going to take a gap year. He's ex- Fortunately, the kid did very well. And was accepted to every school. Like he applied to, I don't know, seven schools, and he got into six of them. And he's trying to make his decisions, and he's got some great choices and some really great opportunities. 
but we're going to travel for a year and, and do a lot of things. I've done a lot of travel in the last, uh, um, a, a tremendous amount in the last six or seven months, eight months. It's been madness, uh, about nine, 10 different countries and, and just kind of all over the place. And he traveled with me to a lot of them, Poland and Armenia and England and Spain and, uh, Jordan and Israel and it, it, we've had some we've had some incredible times um Australia uh so we're going to continue to travel and I'm going to continue to work uh I'm doing all kinds of different work because um do, you know if you do a series again I I won't I would only do a series if I was a it was an ensemble and I was part of the cast I wouldn't do it if it was my own show again because you're just gone you're married to that series if you do that um so we're going to see it's a brand new it's a brand new world as soon as he graduates and I'm I'm excited to see how that goes. And I'd love it if he decided to come and work with me and be around me. Oh. Well, is he showing any interest at all in taking up the family trade there? You know, he's 17. He's almost 18. He shows interest in everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but I encourage him. My job as a parent is to expose him to everything and let him decide. And, 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 I can cur- and I'll encourage him, but I won't direct him to do anything. You know, I'll just say, OK, this here's this. You've seen this. Here's that. Maybe consider this. Or what do you think about that? But I but I won't ever tell him where he has to go. He shows interest in, in filmmaking because it's fun. Um, but, I, you know, he hasn't really dived into it deeply. He's been an actor. He's very talented in front of the camera, actually, if he wants to be tall, good looking kid, um, funny with a great sense of humor. Um, I don't I don't know where he's going to where he thinks he loves you know, video games and games of that nature. So he may, he may very well design games and, and way out earn his dad. That'd be great. I can retire on his back. All right, Dean, let me give you this scenario now. Let's say you bust in on your son and you catch him binge watching 90210 on Hulu. How do you respond? <laughs> well, is it my, is it my 90210 or the, uh, or the new one? Come on, Dean. There's only one Beverly Hills 90210. So it's got to be mine then. Okay. If he's watching my version, it's okay. as long as as his homework's done actually at this point in time i don't even ask him if his homework's done he's he has to take personal responsibility he's learned to do that and he does it on his own and he's going to sink or swim on his own he's 18 you know he's almost 18 at this point i'd be like you know you better be watching dad's version of 90210 that's the only thing i gotta say how have you handled social media with him because he's 17 so he grew up right in the heart of that transition from cell phone to smartphone like it. Yeah, I'll tell you what. That's a really good question. And and, and it's very different, I think, between boys and girls. Um, I was uh, He doesn't have a Facebook account, and he never will, hopefully. Um, I don't either. Uh, uh, he does have Instagram, and he's got, uh, you know, Snapchat and those things. But he's never been too crazy about that. I'm, I've had very clear conversations with him about what he should or shouldn't post, uh, what he should or shouldn't send to others um none of that sexting stuff and things like that i explained that to him in depth and i've shown him examples and uh had the conversation now of course he's going to make mistakes somewhere he hasn't yet as far as i know but uh it's a really hard place to 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 cross into i i highly suggest that parents um you know you give a, a certain it's it's trust but verify trust that the kids are going to be doing the right thing to set the guidelines for them but verify you got to look in. You have to see their tweets. You have to, I knew all of his passwords. I knew every device. I would sign on to it, check it, check his, not his tweets, but I would check anything, any correspondence with his friends, just random checks and go through things. And it got to the point where he didn't even worry about that. He would just show me things. I'm going to hate that. Someone have said this. What if I said this back? Would that be blah, 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 or, or things like that? Or how about if I post this and wrote that? 
And so as, as opposed to him trying to hide stuff from me, he, he would tell me, oh, dad, I got this weird, you know, message from so-and-so. What is this? And I'd be like, that's just a, someone fishing for your information or it could be some, you know. And so he would talk to me about it. And that's the thing. You know, the more you're around your kids, the more you talk to them about it, the more you're encouraged. I, I picked up all sorts of things because of him. Like Snapchat, there's no way I was going to get on Snapchat. Yeah, I still haven't figured that one out. I mean, you know, so. Hey, Dean, that's another reason why I'm out here, because I'm trying to stay ahead of my boys with the technology. In fact, last year at my son's kindergarten graduation, when they got up there to say what they wanted to be, seven out of the 10 kindergartners said they wanted to be YouTubers when they grow up. So I'm I'm trying to stay ahead of the game here. And and if nothing else comes out of this podcast, at least I got a little street credit with my boys where I could say, hey, guys, out of the four of us here, who who had the number one podcast here? Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, my guys, they'll watch YouTube videos of other kids playing video games that they've never even played before. It, it kind of boggles my mind. It's, uh, I know my son did the same thing. He had a YouTube channel. He was, but you know what he did? He was playing, he was playing Call of Duty and things like that. Then he started editing his stuff and he, he taught himself all that stuff. And I was like, you know what? You're learning a very valuable skill. You're storytelling, you're doing things. Um, as long as his homework and things were taken care of, Rock on. But I was there. I would play the game. I learned how to play the games with him. Again, it's one of those things. I learned how to be with him. I was with him. So I, I took the time. I learned the games. You know, when I would go away, we he liked playing World of Warcraft back in the day. And I would when I was away, when I would be in Europe for two, three weeks, I would get up. And if you call your, you know, your 12 year old on the phone, the conversation is like, hey, how you doing? And they go, good. How was right. school? Fine. You're like, okay, you're not giving me anything. So um, I, I would go on online and I would play a game with him for an hour. And we would be on the game together, playing the game online and talking to each other. And I would hear all kinds of stuff then. So I just, I, I always say, you know, for me, I just tried to participate in his life, not in an overbearing way, but just be part of it. I'll sit and watch him play video games. I'll sit and watch it now. Him playing video games, we'll talk about the stuff he's doing. We play things together still. My kids will get on there, and it's great because the three boys and I, we can play in the same hockey game, the same car race, the screen splits in four. I mean, it's really awesome. I mean, the graphics are incredible. And it's great fun, and it's it's fantastic. They're going to get way better than you. Oh, they already are. But I'll tell you what, I'm more impressed with their chess game because all three of my kids, they're very good chess players in their own right for their ages, so I'm more impressed with that. That's a wonderful thing for thinking and thinking ahead and uh, it's just a, that's a wonderful thing to learn. Chess is a fantastic game. I don't think I would want to play your kids. I think I'd get beat. Oh, they would bury you. <laughs> All right. Before I let you go, do you have any kind of final thoughts or final words of wisdom out there for Fatherhood Nation? You know, I just, you know, when you were talking about uh, fathers and fatherhood and people wondering about, you know, what it's like. Sure, it's a great, I just want to just say to the the the, the new or or considering fathers, those who are about to get into the ball game. I look at my life in a lot of different ways. You can look at life like you can say, okay, I remember like my, my junior high school, that my, my elementary school days. I can remember my high school days. I remember my college days. They're like little phases of your life. And you hear this and it sounds cliche. My, the biggest and best part of my life has been since my son has been born. And the world changed when I got this kid in my life. And, you know, no one's perfect. He's not perfect. I'm not perfect. We do imperfect things, but he is the most perfect guy. I can't, I can't tell you, you know, what it's like as a parent. And uh, I, at one point in time, one of my guys who works with me goes, Dean, you're going to have to get more. You're going to have to have more kids because you have so much love invested. In this. this is a guy who had like five kids. 
<laughs> and he's like, you have so much love invested in this one boy that anything happens to him, it just breaks your heart. And it really does. It destroys you. And I would love to have many, many more kids. I, it's the most fun and the greatest thing in the world when you they see you and they're excited and they're happy. And the hugs I get from my kid and, you know, he's like, you're the best dad ever. He tells me I'm the best dad ever, again, five, six times a day. And I, I, I just adore it. And I say to the, anybody who's, you know, getting into this world, it's a big responsibility, but it's the greatest thing. It's been the greatest gift in my life and, and it can be the greatest in theirs. So I would encourage them to embrace it um, and, 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 and be a good present parent. You're never going to be perfect, but if you're present and you care and you're there, you're going to raise good, respectful young men and women. And, and I think that's really important. Uh, very soon, we'll get a chance to see you take on the role of grandfather, perhaps. Let's not, let's not say very soon, because the kid's only 17. I'm not ready for that yet. I don't want to be grandpa yet. <laughs> Starting a, you know, you know a, another, not, it wouldn't be a second family, but adding on. I would love to be a father now. I'm 50, I'll be 52 in June, and uh, I would love to have a whole bunch more kids. Okay, listen, I cannot begin to say thank you enough for taking the time to stop by and share some of your insights on fatherhood. I really appreciate your message, and the world could use a lot more dads like you. So best of luck to you and your family on your upcoming travels, and thank you very much for joining me here on First Class Fatherhood. No, I'm honored to be a, a, a small part of this wonderful podcast and the message that you're putting out there. I could not be more in support of what you're doing, so keep up the good work. Way to go, Dad. All right, thanks, Dan. We'll be right back after a quick spot. All right, back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. Want to just extend my thank you again to First Class Father Dean Kane for stopping by the podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview. And please, keep it locked in here to First Class Fatherhood. The best is yet to come. I am working diligently to bring you the best guests and the best possible podcast possible. So please... Join me for the journey here. Fatherhood rocks. I'm Alec Lace. You're listening to First Class Fatherhood. And you may not always get to fly first class, but you are always a first class father.